your truth, knowledge, and wisdom. Father, thank you for blessing me with being able to share this and be your conduit. For them that hear and would listen, Father God, pull the heartstrings of those that are unsure and have a desire and a curiosity for you, Father. <coughs> Bless the reading of it in scriptures, Father, in your word. So I'm going to share some things that I'm quite certain are going to get individuals' knickers all twisted up. They're going to squirm, and they're going to cry, and they're going to complain, they're going to decry blasphemy. Except that if you pay attention to what I'm saying, I think you'll understand instead of whining and crying. But then again, there are going to be those that are going to listen and just be all upset. Too bad, because it's already run by my Holy Spirit. So I saw an interesting post, and uh, yeah, I peruse now and then. I delete a whole lot of stuff because it's just disgusting. But this is something that was actually very provocative and thought-provoking for me, and I'm certain it would be for most of you. However, like I said, there are those that absolutely just seek to be offended by anything they can find. Here nor there. So... If you take the word dog and you spell it backwards, what do you get? God. And the person that posted this, the thought-provoking part of this, is that they both, God and dog, they give unconditional love. Unconditional I have two that have been with me for going now close to 10 years. They are my emotional support dogs, just the three of us now. <laughs> I've shared that with you before. Um, but I deal with things both in prayer and these companions that I have because of my friends that we were separated and they all died. Back in Beirut, Lebanon, we were serving together and they went there. I thought I'd go with them. And uh, instead I was transferred and went a different direction. And they were all killed. When the... Uh, embassy was attacked in Beirut. Some of you may remember that. Some of you may have read about it. And there are those of you that have no idea what I'm even talking about. At any rate, these two have been with me nigh on 10 years and God brought us together. God has and the point would be, who rescued who? I adopted them both out of uh, a rescue shelter. And their unconditional love, the only thing that they desire from me is my attention and love. I feed them, I care for them, and we have time together. And that's what I give to them. God also bestows unconditional love. Unconditional. It doesn't, he doesn't want anything from us. Except our love, our praise and, and thanking him. Come to his gates with and thankfulness and enter his courts with praise. There's nothing we can do anyway that can repay Yahweh, the maker of all things made, the ancient of days, the God who sees me, Adonai Eroi, which is what Hagar in the wilderness when Sarah kicked her out, <laughs> after setting it up, 
and then kick her out because she got jealous of her. So she ended up in the wilderness, thought her baby was going to die. And then she lifted her voice and praised to God who sees me. And God does. He sees us in our lows, in our highs. He walks with us. And if you listen, he talks with us. But the thing that God desires most, and my church is doing this thing and actually issued this for many people because many people don't do it, is it's, they call it the 30-day challenge. It's 30 minutes of God first thing in the morning for 30 days. Or when you can, some people can't do it right first thing in the morning. I spend time at my study desk with my word and reading and sharing with you. And you already know that my verbosity takes me beyond 30 minutes. So you already know that. And I've been doing this for quite some time. But this is something, if you challenge yourself to just spend some time first first thing in the morning before you start your day, you pray to God. This is what God desires. He pours out his unconditional love to us. For example, por ejemplo, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, see God doesn't specify there, pay attention to the context of the scripture, that whosoever, he didn't say so that all the white people can be saved or all the black people can be saved or all the Indians can be saved, the world that whosoever believes on him, whosoever, all the world, every single person in the world and everyone that can hear this voice, my voice, who is sharing the truth, the knowledge, and the wisdom of the Lord God Almighty, who loved me so much, who was thinking about me before he came down here and hung on that cross. Yeah, I make it personal because he is personal. He's my God. He's your God. And everyone can do that very same thing. I've shared this with you before already. Get in the Word. Study the Word. Show yourself approved to the Lord God Almighty. And you can take some of these scriptures for yourself. As long as you don't start rewriting the Bible and take stuff out of context. But you can make scriptures personal. For God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son for me. That I listen and I hear and I declare. I believe. I do believe he's your only begotten son. I will have faith in you, Father God. Let's go, Holy Spirit. I do, I will, let's go. He just wants us to pay attention to him. Dogs, they just want us to pay attention to him. Not put us in the cages to fight, especially the ones that were not bred to do so, but because these vicious, nasty people realized that they were so intelligent and so keen on wanting to do what their people part wants them to do, and they want to obey that and be rewarded. So they treat them to be vicious, mean, and nasty and fight one another. Now let me share something else with you. Because of that God poured out love into them the way he did, they are also a very forgiving creature. More so than I can say and possibly others. Because I've lived around them. I rescued, I bought, I raised one up from a puppy. I rescued another one, lived with me. So forgiving, so loyal, so loving. My God is so forgiving. You come and you repent and he will forgive. He's so loving that he gave his only begotten son the word that was manifest to flesh and became life, the bread of life. He is so forgiving. We're going to flip over and we're going to see some things. I'm going to, I'm going to share this reading because this is a, it's very 
specific some things I've shared with you already. And, and we have to remember this because he loves us so much. Is that our emotions sometimes become really difficult. We think that we can handle them. Can't. Can't do it. You have, I'm, I've been praying that the number decreases. I haven't heard anything different. But um, other veterans that have issues, as I do, have not found solace. They have not found anyone to talk to, or they refuse to talk to people, and it's hard for them. And you say, well, why, why, why? I don't get that. How ridiculous is that? Well, you got to understand something. Many veterans have been through things that Y'all have no concept of. You read about in a book. I talked to some young people about Vietnam because they, they couldn't believe, first of all, that they're very complimentary. And they actually thanked me. <laughs> I did, that blew me away because here you had some high school students that were thanking me for my service because I have, I have emblems that are on, on my, that I wear. And, um, some of them were excited because they could see the Eagle Globe and Amp anchor that they recognized as a Marine Corps emblem and they had family members. But the point that I'm getting at is that 22 of these veterans, men and women, commit suicide on a daily basis. And why is that? Well, because thank you. Um, <laughs> had to take a minute and thank Holy Spirit because I was going to get off on a on a thumping platform and can't do that. This is about word from him. But they become so depressed, they have no one to talk to. So um, they commit suicide. And that number was 22 a day. It could be more, it could be less. I'm praying that it would be less. But they don't know who to turn to. They've never had the opportunity to, to be talked to about God, they, and so they don't. Thankfully, that God brought me these two, or brought me to them, and brought them to me, and I talked to him, and I, I've, I've learned. I had to learn that I could do that, and that he listens to me every day, all day. You talk to God, he does listen. You might not get the response in the time that you decide that you think that you need it or want it. And I've shared this with you before, that we have been brought up in, especially the later generation, oh, the millennials and, and even younger, sadly, not all, so don't get your knickers all twisted up about that. But they have been brought up in a, I can get it now, I want it now, give it to me now, 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 now. And they've got no patience for anything. So if God doesn't answer right away, they, their response is, see, I knew there was no God. He didn't talk to me. He didn't hear me. He didn't care. Oh, yes, he does. Understand this. He's not going to answer you when you think he should. He's going to answer you when he knows he should. And God knows what's coming. Know this, that tomorrow is not promised to you, but God has already walked the day and knows what's coming. And he will walk with you through that day. And if there's tumultuous occasion, he's going to be there with you, beside you, walking you through it. You have to have faith and you have to believe that. I do. I know that my days are hard press. And Here's the other thing, too. You have to be cautious on what you pray for because when you pray for certain things and God responds, don't blame God and be all agitated because you're going to immediately forget. Trust me, I know where from I speak because I speak this truth. I ask God to strengthen me, my responses, and to be able to withstand and uphold and on a daily basis, the tests come and he allows some, certain ones to 
come through to me because it fortifies my faith. And indeed it does. And I'm witnessing this daily. And God brings me folks to share the word with. They love to hear the word. They want to hear the word. And they question about the word. And they start sharing. I have a woman that comes with me almost daily now. And she sings. She's got a beautiful singing voice. She was in a, in a special singing group as a young woman. She's at least my age or older now, but she sings praise songs mixed with some beautiful contemporary. And she's putting together a birthday song for me. <laughs> she's going to come and uh, sing me a birthday song. But God brings these folks to me to strengthen me, to encourage me, and it's wonderful. I'm saying this to share with you that we think we can handle things. We think and we believe that we can, but we cannot. That's when chaos unfolds, when we decide that we're going to handle our emotions on our own and we can handle them better. And this word says, reminds that your strength comes through faith. You become depressed, you become agitated, upset, depressed. Faith, faith in God. And remember this, I've shared this with you, um, Charles Spurgeon says it a different way. It says, settle this in your heart, whether I'm up or down, Lord Jesus Christ is the same. Whether I sing or whether I sigh, the promise is true, and the promiser is faithful. If you will stand firm in Christ Jesus, even in your weakness, you will be made strong. And he's kind of paraphrasing a little bit of of the word of God because we're told that same thing in the scriptures. When Paul talks about his weakness so that he has learned, he has had to learn. And this is the other thing too, that people, people have this total misconception about being a Christian or being a pastor. They're so wrong, so wrong, sometimes egregiously wrong. Pastors, if they're honest and truthful and they're sharing the word of God, which is truth, knowledge, and wisdom from him, they should be honest and truthful. They suffer from, they suffer from things, they suffer through this thing called humanity. And the word humanity has nothing to do with kindness and things that people say, oh, they're so humane. Well, look, get away from that because that's, it's not, <laughs> <coughs> pardon me, that's definitely not synonymous. We suffer through a thing called humanity because when God created man, and they were in the Garden of Eden. Everything was, he used to come and walk with them in the cool of the evening. This agitated and angered Satan so much because they had freely what he had and he rejected and revolted and he wanted more. He wanted the throne. That wasn't happening was cast out of heaven. Remember, Jesus declares to the disciples, I saw Satan fall from heaven as lightning. So he was angered over this. And he beguiled the woman. She was the first target because he thought she'd be easier. He became a serpent, came, beguiled her by tempting her with the fruit of this tree in the center of the garden. And when God came back to walk with them, he couldn't find, he knew where they were. He already knew. 
So basically the question was more rhetorical from God. He just wanted them to confess the truth. Which is what he does with us. He knows our thoughts before we approach. He knows our hearts. But he wants us to talk with him. He is our heavenly father. And any good father wants his children to communicate with him. So he knew that Adam and Eve were hiding. But he wanted them to talk to him. And many children become frightened and they don't want to because they're afraid of what's going to happen. Afraid of that uh, punishment that is inevitable if they wronged. And the repercussions. I mean, I, I'm living the way that I live because of the consequences of what I chose to do. And had I not chosen that path, and been on the path that God had established, but I chose to put my trust and faith in mammon rather than from God. And so now I am dealing with the consequences of that. But I also firmly in my heart at the same time believe that if I had stayed on the path instead of choosing to go on my own, that my eldest son's mother and I would still be together. I firmly believe that because God put it together and he designed it a certain way, but I chose to go the direction of mammon. My error, and if you read in the Hall of Faith, Hebrews 11, there are a lot of individuals in there that are very faithful. Their faith has become strong and true, but they also erred egregiously. I did. And but my faith in my Father God is so strong. I want it to be stronger. But I look around and see that I have what I need, not what I want. So God is with us wherever we go, and the Bible tells us that. <clears throat> be not afraid, nor dismayed. Be of good courage. For I, thy Lord, thy God, am, am with you whithersoever thou goest. I've shared this with you before. God is not talking about point A to point B. He's not talking about routing Route 66 from Santa Monica to Chicago on Route 66 and that he's going to be there with us, you know, start to finish right along. It means that, but... More importantly, this also means our emotional ups and downs and our depths that we get into. We're on the highest high. We're so happy. We're so joyful. We're rejoicing the birth of a new grandchild, the, the uh, graduation of a grandchild from college, the uh, great job that your child has received or is doing and has their family and just so many things that will take you up to that mountaintop. God's rejoicing there with you. And then when you drop down to the darkest depths, the valley, a grievous loss of a family member or a loved one, somebody that you care deeply about, and you feel so down and, and you, you find that you're your immediate family is not understanding and they, they're, they're not dealing with it well either because they're there with you <laughs> in grief. God is with us in grief as well. God grieves. Where do you think our emotions come from? God gives them to us. They come from him. He knows that you're grieving. He knows that you have pain in your heart. And God is there with us in our highs and our lows. No matter where we go. And he's with us when you go through the storm that strengthen your faith. That, are, that some instances he allows to happen to strengthen our faith. And he is with us in that. So don't give up and hunker down and cover up and say, I can't go on. Then you're refusing that gift that is ultimately going to strengthen your faith and you don't give up because God is walking with you why are you going to hunker down and whine and cry and whimper about things that are happening if you keep on walking and then you look over your shoulder I shared this with you before you look over your shoulder and 
all you see is this stormy cloud behind you, like Elijah did on top of the mountain with his protege when he told him to look out and he called the rain because the land had been within drought for so long and he looked out and all he saw was the cloud the size of a man's hand, the size of a man's fist. But it was coming and he called that rain. Same thing goes with you keep walking with God when you look over your shoulder and then you realize that that storm cloud is moving away because you're walking away from it and it's now become the size of a man's fist and it's getting smaller and smaller as you continue to go. <laughs> God walking beside us in that time as well. And David declares that in the scriptures and he talks about the depths of the sea. Where am I gonna, if I make my bed in the depths of the sea, you are there. If I go to the highest mountain, you are there. If I go to Sheol, you are there. Sheol is the Hebrew word for hell. Why would you want to go there? But here's the thing too, I've shared this with you, that some people declare the things that they're going through on earth. They say, man, I am just in hell. Something might be at work wrong or with family or some, whatever, but they feel that way. God's there. So this thing, when God tells us in the Bible, I am with you whithersoever thou goest, what does that mean? It doesn't matter where you go. He's there. David talks about trying to hide and he fly to the highest heights on the wing, as, as F on the wings of a dove and, and just fly away. Can't, God's there. So his declaration in his poem and his songs, God is with us whithersoever thou goest. Again, it doesn't mean a physical point location from Santa Monica to Chicago or from San Francisco to New York. It doesn't mean that solely. It also means that, but more importantly, it doesn't matter if you're on your highest high, you're so happy, you're so elated, or you're in your deepest grief. It doesn't matter where we go because God is with us. He has promised to be with us. And I find that his promises hold truth. His promises are true. My faith is encouraged. And I go through life with faith. Faith in my Lord God Almighty who created all things. As opposed to promises of man, being man or woman, that are in this humanity that everybody seems to misinterpret. And they, oh, it's such a wonderful thing. Well, it's not because they do things like I shared. They take these beautiful creatures that God created and they pit them to fight against one another. And then when they're done with them, they throw them, they literally throw them away. How many rescues have I seen where they found them in dumpsters and garbage? They've even taken them in plastic bags and thrown them on the side of the road and somebody notices it. That's where that bag is moving. They go and open it and lo and behold, here's this dog in a garbage bag because these humans have taken and discarded them like so much trash. Or they breed them so much that they can't get, they, they just become utterly depressed. And then what happens? They can't breed anymore because the next litter of puppies is coming up stillborn. So what do they do? They take this female dog that's become of no use and they throw her out like garbage. <clears throat> oh yeah, that's humanity. That's really humanity. And there's so much of that going on. People don't realize it. They become masked to this thing. They become sensitized to it. They don't pay attention and you don't see this stuff in this so-called social media network, <clears throat> you don't see truth. You see a lot of lies. Why is that? Because the prince of the air is governing what we see and what we hear. But remember that this is prophesied in the word of God. Our Lord Jesus testified to this to the disciples when they kept pestering him. When are you coming back? When are you coming? When all this is going to happen? When, 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 when? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? 
It shall be as it was in the days of Noah. And these things must come to pass. Then will the Son of Man return. None know the time save the Father himself. Angels don't even ask God because he's sovereign. And when he says, Gabriel, now. And the trump sounds, the heavens split, the lion of the tribe of Judah comes back. And the captain of the hosts of heaven is leading the way. That's when it happens. Don't need to know. It would be interesting. But then you have these individuals that are trying to formulate clues and codes and things that they say that they're finding in the word of God. Remember, the word also tells us, be wary of those that teach falsely, false doctrines. They're liars and thieves. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, they're going to lie to you about them knowing this secret code. And Jesus, the only begotten Son of God who came to be crucified for my sake, your sake, our sake, he declared that his Father is the only one that knows when. So these fools that are going to lie to you to get you to come to their church, and they are teaching false doctrine as well as lying to you to get you there. God knows the time, the day, the hour, the minute, the second it's going to happen. He knows that. He is the one that knows. And he's not going to put some secret code message in the Bible. But here's the thing that is being scientifically proven. And if you read, you will find that it's true. (coughs) You're not going to see it. And those portions that were shared on this social media network, and I don't know why they call it that social media. It's not very social, actually. I shared this with you before. A whole lot of cyberbullying going on. Oh, my gosh. They had they have children. They had children. They are still having children that commit suicide because of cyberbullying. You don't hear so much about it anymore because the social media, which seems the only way to get news anymore, and that's being controlled, and they they will share what they want to share, whether it's in the political arena, the social arena, wherever it's at. But it's not very social because there's a lot of mean things going on out there and around you, and that's just the truth and the way of it. Yeah, a lot of beautiful stuff goes on and beautiful places, and there's are beautiful people, but don't be lulled into a sense of security. I've shared this with you before. You've got those that refuse to see the truth. They refuse to see the hardship. They refuse to talk about it. They refuse. So what they're doing is basically they're lying to themselves. And then what they do is they share only certain things. They'll pick out (coughs) portions of the Bible and share only out of context. Sorry about that interruption. They share out of context. They, They only read certain portions of the Bible, just like you had the Sanhedrin. You had those members of the Sanhedrin that only read the first five books because they declared those the laws of Moses. First of all, the laws weren't in Moses. He delivered them to the nation. They were the laws of God. But the Sanhedrin always talked about the laws of Moses. So they've got to be the laws of Moses. You have to obey the laws of Moses or you're a blasphemer. You're from hell. You are going to be crucified. We're going to hang you on a cross and yada, yada, yada. Well, you have individuals, sadly, that are label heads or self-proclaimed Christians. Those are two synonymous definitions that I share because they take a piece of tape, they tape it on their forehead, and they put the word Christian on it. And they are declaring that themselves. Are they really? And I've been in a church where it seemed like they were, except when the truth came out and the Holy Spirit revealed the truth. These individuals were running that organization and basically it was one giant namus that's a made-up word, ginamous, giant, and enormous. Eh, never mind. <laughs> um, it was a huge Ponzi scheme, actually, is what it was doing. They were trying to get their congregation to follow in and pour money into the church. And, and I started noticing a problem there when the son and the father were running the church and you didn't have anyone else. 
it was basically them running the whole show and they both were wearing very expensive the father especially shark skin suit they must have been over a thousand dollars just for that one suit but that's okay because the Holy Spirit got me out of there I went for my desire, my desire to be worshiping without having to wear a mask and without all this uh, pandering of lies and propaganda and things that were going on. So I, I had this desire and there were people that I cared for that I wanted to go and be with. And, and Anyway, I went for the wrong reason. I didn't go to, to specifically worship God, which is why I should have been going anyway. And I didn't try the spirit when I crossed the Across the threshold the first time I did the second time and the Holy Spirit took me out of there because he said you don't belong here and of course the circumstances arose and then the Holy Spirit leaned in and said you hear me now yes I do let's go off I went and so thankful because of my impatience I stepped into a mess. This, it's kind of like, I'm going to use this analogy here. Okay, so you're walking along and you got to go around this property and um, you decide you're going to take a shortcut. But you failed to read the signage that was hanging on the, on the posting that was warning you. Kind of like failing to try the Spirit because the Holy Spirit will warn you away. So you start to go across this field that seems to be empty. And then you step in this stuff. What is this stuff? Well, some people call them cow patties. Some people call them buffalo chips. Unfortunately, the short, shortcut that you decide to see, because cows can be, they can be kind of agitated, and they can be, kind of herded or sheet away, right? <clears throat> but bulls now, on the other hand, especially if there's certain seasons that are going on around the farm, they have to be separated and they can be very ornery. They can be very mean. They can be very downright vicious. So you've taken the shortcut, you're cutting across a roadway, you failed to read the sign, now you've stepped in this thing and you're Oh, man, these nice walking shoes you had on. And then you hear it. What do you hear? Well, first you hear the thundering hooves. And then you look up just in time to hear the snorting, barking, coughing sound that this massive, mean, locomotive-looking creature is coming at you. But it's not a locomotive. This thing moves and it has eyes, and it has really big horns, and it looks like it weighs at least a ton. Which, if and when it hits you, is going to really hurt. So now you start heading for the far fence, and this shortcut that you took has become a very consequential event, which is exactly what happens when we try to shortcut things and circumvent things and take things under our control it becomes a hazardous shortcut. God's timing. I didn't want to wait. I was becoming agitated and annoyed with what was going on around in certain training and things that I know that the things are lying. Then you have people that are panicking and they're upset because they buy into this thing. Just try the spirit in everything that we go through. That's what I'm trying to, the point that I'm making here is try the spirit in everything that we go through. We are emotional creatures. And some of that is difficult to manage when we try to do it on our own. God's promises are not given out of emotion. <laughs> the emotions that he gives us are from him. But his promises are solid and absolutely firm. And he is faithful to keep that word. And he will 
give us strength in our weakness. Paul's declared that in his word. Through my weakness, you are made strong. And your strength strengthens me. Jesus Christ came for me. In this plane of existence, he came for me, he came for you, he came for us all, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He comes in here in this plane of existence because we are suffering from that thing called humanity. We are terrible to one another. We are terrible to the creature, other creatures that God has created for us. And God has declared to his prophet who declared to the nation, they that do these things, these things to the creatures that I have created for no good reason makes me angry. So those individuals are going to have some explaining to do. Oh yeah, they're going to have to explain. Why are you stealing from the people that come to worship me and you are supposed to be leading them? Why? Jesus tells me the hirelings are not going to care for the flock the way he does because he is a good shepherd. Hirelings, what are we talking about? We're talking about pastors that deceive, misuse, and abuse their flock and the responsibility that they've been given. They might have been called that way, but then they realize because they suffer from humanity is that, wow, this is an easy way to make money. I can make money here. And then what do they do? They start preaching false doctrine. They start lying to the people. They convince them. People become emotional because a lot of times they follow their emotion. Just like I've shared with you, do not allow yourself to be fearfully driven to anything. You can be afraid. God doesn't mind that. But when you're afraid, you come to him. But if you're fearfully driven, that means that you're full of fear. You don't want to hear things. You don't want to hear reason. You don't want to hear logic. You're being, and you're reacting to people the way you don't normally react. You don't act the way you normally would act. Why? Because you're not talking to God. Why? Because you're not allowing your faith to lead you. And you're listening to the lies. You're leading to deception. You're listening to the false testimony, the false doctrines that these hireling shepherds are spewing. The hirelings are going to mislead you. They're not going to take care of you like our Lord would do. <clears throat> have to have faith. Luke chapter 21, verse 8. And he said, and who is he said? We're talking about Jesus. And he said, take heed that ye be not deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. Remember, that word Christ is not his middle name. His name is not Jesus Christ. Heaven above, his name is Jesus, anointed of God, which is what the word Christ means, anointed of God. From heaven above. Okay, that's not his middle name. I mean, you can put it that way. Not like many, not like on this plane of existence where you have a first name, a middle name, and a last name. Doesn't work that way with Jesus. Jesus, anointed of God. That's what the word Christ means. So what he's saying, and he said, Take heed that ye be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And the time draweth near, go ye not therefore after them. So these. <clears throat> Hireling shepherds are going to come and they're going to declare that. <coughs> Pardon me. And that's what their doctrine is, <clears throat> that they're anointed of God. So everything that they tell you is going to be true. Well, no, it's not. They might have initially received an anointing from God and initially started preaching, but then made that discovery that, wow, I can actually make money doing this and I don't ever have to do anything. I can, I can actually be very wealthy and if I play my cards right and I run this as a Ponzi scheme, I can make a fortune. And sadly, there are many that have done that very thing. I encountered 
a place of that nature. But here's the thing. They're still prayed over because that's what my Lord tells me to do. That's my commandment from my Lord whose business I am about. And those individuals will be judged by the judge, the only one that has authority to do so. I am not given authority to judge them. I don't like what they do. It's wrong what they do. It's despicable what they do, but it will be revealed and the truth be told, will be told, and they will have to stand judgment and explain themselves. Just like those individuals that do these terrible, mean, nasty things to these creatures that God created and put here for us, and they've done against them, it makes God angry. I don't want God angry at me because I know what can be done. Garden of Eden, when they chose to fall away from the leading God's word and promise. And this is why we are in the state that we are in now is, you know, if you want to, if you feel like you have to blame somebody, and there's many that do, that many of these egregious things that go on in our, in this plane of existence are because people don't have the, the necessity to blame and point their finger. Except that you have to remember one thing. When you're pointing a finger out the person away, even if you don't, even if you have it, and if it's some people's way of pointing is one thumb up and all this stuff, but even if you don't do it that way and you point your finger and you keep your hand balled up, take a look at it before you get all wrapped up and blame, 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 you, 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 you. Look at your hand. You have three fingers that are pointing back at yourself. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit because they know the truth. They know what's going on. And then you have your thumb is on top. Go ahead, turn it sideways. Try to get away from doing it the way you do because when you naturally do it, it's going to end up that same way. And that thumb is on top in heaven where you should be looking to and seeking answers from there rather than from them. So you're going to blame and point your finger at people. And that's what people love to do. They love to blame. It's the blame game. That is this plane of existence that we're on, except there is a lot of beauty around here that can be seen and it can be felt, but don't be like these label heads that refuse to speak the truth because, oh, they just want everybody to happy, happy, joy, joy, like they do. They don't want to read certain parts of the Bible because it doesn't talk about happy, happy, joy, joy. It speaks truth. And there are things to be that might be frightening, but if you are walking in faith, you won't be because you will know that God is with us. I, I see these things that are going on around us with the government and all this stuff. I don't like it because I'm a patriot and a veteran, and I serve this country, and it really agitates me to hear, especially when you have somebody who everyone so adored and they wanted him to be in charge because he was going to be the best thing that ever happened to this country. So my question would be, How's that working for you now? Okay, then being a smart guy, that was that was not a good thing. But anyway, he's going to have to answer for what he's done. We all are going to have to answer for what we've done. But let's be really hopeful, and that hope is in Christ because he is our rock. He is our foundation. And if you build your house in the sand, <clears throat> it will surely crumble and fall. Build your house on a firm foundation, the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ, anointed of God who came for me. Have faith, pray one for another, even when you have individuals that are doing things that you know that they shouldn't be doing and you know are false. Remember this, the Bible tells us, and, and Paul shares this with us in his first letter, believe that is. I mean, want to make sure I don't give you false information, but his first letter that he wrote to Timothy and he wrote that letter because he wanted to be guiding. Timothy was a he was uh, he was pastoring a church. He was leading a church um, leading them through there. It's First Timothy 
chapter 2 and uh, sub to this is it Paul exhorted to pray and give thanks for all men and that you need to be addressing this <clears throat> First Timothy chapter 2 his first letter to his young protege Timothy An introduction to Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God, our Father, and Jesus Christ, our Lord. So that's a heading to this letter, and this is what Paul thought about Timothy. So in chapter 2, I exhort, therefore, that, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving thanks be made for all men. Now, remember, that's a cultural thing. When they talk about men, they're talking about both genders, so don't get your knickers in a twist about that. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. So, even these individuals that are performing egregiously and for their own welfare and declaring themselves to be the greatest invention since the napkin, and we know that they're lying and deceiving, but there are, we still must pray for them because we're told to do so. Pray because here's the reason we do that. There is always repentance. They may repent and change their ways. It can happen. It can happen. There are individuals that have done that very thing. So that's what we pray for. I pray for all of you on my going out when I before I start my day and, and get going and moving around. I'm talking to God and praying for all of you. For those of you that are not sure, don't be afraid. Take the step. Walk out and say, Jesus, I do believe that you are the only begotten Son of God. I will have faith in God. Holy Spirit, guide my steps. Let's go. It is a way to go. There are a lot of things that are going on truthfully in this world. And truthfully, they're kind of scary. But here's the thing. Don't be fearful. You can be afraid, but talk to God. God will lead us through it. In all things, God will lead us through it. I know this. I have faith. I believe it. I will receive what I need to have. God sees to it. You have a good day. You're in my prayers constantly. <clears throat>